The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by CDW, Miller Lite, and Hulu. Welcome, everybody, to Chicago Bears All Access. I am Tom Thayer. I'm going to be joined by Jim Miller, who is at the owners' meetings. And uh, it's a big day for us. We don't have Jeff Joniak, but I think Jim and I are going to be able to get it done. I do want to hear some stuff about the owners' meetings. But, Jim Miller, another award for the Chicago Bears and GM, um, GM Ryan Pace. And Ted Phillips said in the paper, with a GM, you need someone you can trust. You can build relationships in the building, and Ryan Pace does that so well. And that is the idea. When they went out on a limb and hired an inexperienced guy like Ryan Pace, they were going to need him to provide an interior spark from the building. And interestingly enough, Jim Miller, last year he was ranked 29th. This year he's voted number one by his peers to be the general manager or the, the in his position GM of the year. So I mean it's it's a pretty impressive display uh, what Ryan Pace has done in his short time as a GM of the Bears. Absolutely, and you got to remember, you know, when originally when he took over as general manager, you know, of the Chicago Bears, they had to overhaul the roster. They were one of the oldest rosters in the NFL. Now be are one of the youngest rosters, and again to target a new head coach. In, in Matt Nagy, that diagnose, have the same vision, the ability to connect, the ability to target the right players in free agency. We've gone through the list from, from Trey Burton working a trade uh, for Khalil Mack, the vision it takes, and one, to, to, seal, to, to see that deal, what impact he would have for your football team, and then the ability to go out and make the trade happen, along with other players like Allen Robinson, certainly Taylor Gabriel, and then the draft, focusing on Roquan Smith and players that they have drafted, Tariq Cohen, that have had the impact. And I think no no person more deserving than what Ryan Pace, the turnaround that he has engineered for the Chicago Bears and why he was elected uh, the executive of the year in the NFL. Right. Unanimous. And you think about what the Bears free agents were able to do for this football team last year. And I think that the second round of free agents for the Bears – they have that, you know, the same equal obligation to the Bears because the guys they brought in last year had very positive working attitudes towards the betterment of the Chicago Bears. And when you look at the guys they brought in this year, you know, a couple guys from within their own division in Patterson and in, in Clinton Dix, but now you have Buster Screen, you got Marvin Hall, you got Ted Larson back in the mix. And it's interesting to see what the free agents that Ryan has brought on board, how much they have complimented the the players that he's kept here and the draft choices that they've amassed in the last couple of years. Yeah, you could do it in a fiscally responsible way. Certainly they had, you know, a spending spree a year ago. We've teams seen teams already go through that spending spree this year. Look at the what the New York Jets have spent in, in free agency. Obviously, to what? Have a turnaround. You want to engineer a turnaround. And now it's more selectively targeted because they've hit on their draft picks. The Bears have hit on on their free agents from a year ago, bringing in players like, like you said, have the character that they want Chicago Bears players to demonstrate. And I think it, it always translates well to the field and just how players you know, really conduct themselves and really have the ability to compete. So it is selectively targeted. And this year it just doesn't have to be that splash like what happened a year ago. They can be selective in the guys they bring on board, whether it's a ha-ha Clinton Dix, who I think makes a lot of sense. He's got a lot of interceptions. 
He knows the player in the back end of the safety very well in Eddie Jackson. Plus, he comes with a lot of experience. And unfortunately, Callahan won't be returning, but they bring on Buster Screen. And I think he's had good years, not only for the Cleveland Browns, but the New York Jets is a very excellent blitzer in what he can bring to the table if the Bears want to apply pressure more from from that standpoint. And then, of course, re-signing your own. If your players perform well, you want to re-sign players that that mean a lot to your program, uh, demonstrate and reflect uh, everything the organization stands for. And it sounds like Bobby Massey has really been the star pupil from that standpoint, why they brought him on board to really keep the offensive line intact. For a young quarterback, everybody expects to take big steps here in the near future. Well, our telephone number here is 312-644-6767. If you want to come on board, give us a call. We got a couple things, Jim, I want to pick your brain about. You know, now it's set in stone. Bears Green Bay opening week. After the commercial, I want to come back with that. But, Jim, me and you have to talk a little bit about the Michigan State against the Notre Dame female team or the ladies teams playing in the NCAA tournament. So we might have to dig into that a little bit. And looking forward to it. All right. We'll be right back on Chicago Bears All Access. We have Buster Screen coming in at 608, new Bears free agent. He's got a big role ahead of him. So we'll be right back after this commercial. Welcome to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears, providing electricity, natural gas, and home warranty products to over a million customers across the country. Learn more about IGS Energy at IGS.com. Thanks for being with us here in Chicago Bears All Access. I am Tom Thayer. I'm along with Jim Miller. And we have a newly signed Buster Screen with us. Um, You know, Buster, welcome to Chicago. Welcome to the Chicago Bears. I'm Tom Thayer, former offensive lineman. And I want to go back just a, a a couple months ago. Before the Bears were getting ready to play the New York Jets, I heard a really positive scouting report about you saying this guy is very good at his position. He really adds a big spark to the Jets. Um, is it, It's kind of impressive that they had you kind of picked out that far in advance for the opportunity that was presented to you, and was it a difficult decision for you? Oh, it, it definitely wasn't a difficult decision to come to Chicago. Um I feel like when I was on the Jets, I played nickel, and you're asked a lot to play nickel in that defense. Like, you blitz a lot, play safety sometimes, you play corner. Uh, we're a match defense. So, just uh, being in that role when the older guys in the defense, I had to take on a lot of responsibilities, but I was definitely up for it. Buster, Jim Miller here. Welcome to the Chicago. I echo what, what Tom said. And just, you know, it, let Bears fans know what type of player you are, what, what they're going to see, and what your abilities are. I know what they, they know perceptually what they've read that, hey, this is a, a very aggressive nickel slot corner, but what to you makes you a special player that maybe can take the Bears to the next level here in 2019? Well, I definitely think I have an aggressive mentality. And uh, one thing you will see on film is every play I compete. So I could be backside and chasing the guy down from the other side of the field. That's just one of the things I've always carried with me through you know, high school, college, and the NFL. Just a highly competitive guy. And um, I also, when I was in Cleveland, I played corner. And I didn't start playing nickel until I got to the Jets. So I'm versatile. Uh, I play inside and outside. Needed. So I feel like that's what I bring to the table. You know, last year, Vic Fangio, the defensive coordinator of the Bears, last year said the fifth starter talking about Bryce, the fifth defensive back talking about Bryce Callahan is as important as any starter on, on any position in defense. And when you look at yourself, you're a fifth rounder, 2011 with Cleveland. 
you've increased the value of your position by your ability and what you talk about, being able to play quarter, being able to line up at safety and emergency, being able to play over the slot receiver. It, it's, it's interesting, Buster, how you've been able to increase your value and also sustain the longevity that's difficult for, for NFL players. Yeah, I feel like the game has definitely changed in my, my nine years of my career. Um, now everybody's spreading it out. Uh, I feel like the value of nickels is going up just because they're always on the field. And the quickest throw or the, the closest throw to the quarterback is a slot receiver. So if you can't get off the field on third down, that's, that's, you know, that's always a problem. So I do feel like nickels is very valuable. Um, the first time I was a free agent, I was considered the highest paid nickel in the NFL. And, uh, just to be able to, you know, come to Chicago, a great defense and be able to play with those guys. It's definitely an honor. Well, what's what's uh, from your standpoint? What what really intrigued you the most about Chicago? Just here, the the one year turnaround, the young quarterback, uh, how special the the defense can be, or just you know maybe just your talks with Ryan Pace and the head coach Matt Nagy. What intrigued you so much about Chicago, where it really was an easy sell uh, to bring you on board and get you to agree to sign in the contract? Well, I actually played with Coach Tabor my rookie year, special teams coach there. And I remember before the game, he said, man, I love it here. He said, the atmosphere is good. You know, everybody's positive. Like, we got something good going here. And then as the season went on, they ended up, you know, winning a lot of games. But um, Coach Nagy, uh, the first time I met him, I kind of felt that energy. I felt it from uh, Mr. Pace, and I felt it from Chuck. So I, I just felt like a special, you know, like a special feel when I did walk in the building. You know, sometimes those things are kind of hard to explain because you have to kind of be there to experience experience it. But me just playing nine years so far, like, you know the difference between, like, a good culture, bad culture, and uh, what you're looking for in the player and what you're looking to be a part of. Buster, was this a tough season for you because – you got to play your best. You don't know what your future is, but, uh, you know, just the, everything that we've seen from the outside in with the Jets' face this year had some issues. But h- how was it for you personally in terms of making sure that you're playing at an extremely high aggressive level because, the, you know, obviously your future and your preparation led you to the Bears here? Well, one thing I can't say, I'm definitely a team player. So regardless of, like, what's going on with the team or – the record and things like that. I'm always one of those guys that be out there motivating guys around me. And uh, I think just the way I carry myself, uh, being professional every day and being competitive, even on the little things, it helps like the younger guys around me. But, um, you know, I've, I've played for some teams that I've been in like rebuilding processes. I played for three coaches in Cleveland. Uh, I played under Coach Bowles. I think he's a great coach. It's just, you know, sometimes with certain quarterback situations, it's a little harder to win in the NFL. But um, I just feel like Chicago is the right fit. I mean, they have good, something good going. I definitely want to add to it and uh, just become part of the culture. And if anything, just do whatever I can do to help the organization. Well, nine years in the NFL really says it all in terms of your preparation and how you, you play the game and prepare yourself. And maybe over the years, what have you done differently? And now, you know, you've moved on to from Cleveland to, to say, the New York Jets, and now you're moving on from the Jets to Chicago. Do you approach anything differently this time around as you try to acclimate yourself? I mean, I feel like as a player, you can always just become a smarter player, uh, just learn more about the game. Um, for me, I play in a lot of defenses, a lot of different defenses, a lot of different teammates, but for me, it's just uh, you know come in, learn the defense, uh, be able to help the guys around me, and uh, 
just be a good teammate. Hey, Buster, like looking at your high school, so you're a, a, a good defensive back, you're a good running back, you got receiver qualities. When was the deciding factor at which side of the ball you were going to play on? And then also, how did track help you develop uh, you know, some of the traits or some of the things that you needed to become a more competitive football player? Well, in high school, I played running back. And uh, when I got recruited to go to college, I had all the big schools after me. But I only weighed 140 pounds, so <laughs> a lot of schools came to my school and they were like, "Yo, you don't look the same on film." So I ended up going on a lot of visits, and people pulled their scholarships while I was there. So I remember I went on my fourth visit to Chattanooga. My mom said, "You better commit here because <laughs> you know we don't have no money to pay for college." So I ended up committing to Chattanooga, an hour and a half away. Um, when I went to Chattanooga, you know they promised I'd give me number one, but I ended up getting number forty-one, which is my number with the Jets, and they put me at slot receiver. So the first couple of games, I was catching screens, and then the corner ended up getting hurt. They slid me out the corner and then never looked back pretty much. But um, I did when I did go to the jet, or the Bears facility, I seen 41 was retired. So I was like, man, what number am I going to be? But uh, I chose the numbers today. <laughs> more, more, retired, well, more retired numbers in the Chicago Bears than any other team in the NFL. Man, it was crazy. It was crazy. I seen all the retired numbers. I said, man. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, let, let me ask. Let me ask you this, because you just come from a, a tough division. You're dealing with Tom Brady twice a year. You even go back to the AFC North. What you're dealing there with Big Ben, and at that point Flacco. You know he's winning Super Bowls with the Baltimore Ravens. And now I don't know just your perception of the NFC North. You know facing Rodgers twice a year. Here Matthew Stafford's thrown for a gazillion yards, and, and certainly Vikings fans they feel confident in their quarterback Kirk Cousins. Going to be a challenging. You know those challenges are there uh, every single week in the division in the NFC North, just facing some tough quarterbacks. Right. I, I definitely have a lot of respect for all the quarterbacks in the division. I mean, the receivers are good. I'm definitely up for the challenge. I feel like when I played in the AFC North, it was more like a black and blue type of division. Everybody ran the ball. Of course, things changed over the years. I went to the Jets. It was more finesse. Uh, people just airing the ball out. But um, I feel like I'm the right fit for the NFC North just because I played in both types of division, past division and a running division, so, and I've always played in the cold, also. So I'm just excited to get out there, play at Soldier Field, and uh, just show the coaches, the city, what I got. Hey, Buster, um, when I was, it's interesting because we're talking to someone who is prepared to play against the Bears. Matt Nagy has a tremendous amount of respect for Todd Bowles, your head coach with the Jets, and understands he plays an aggressive style of defense. So what was the Jets' philosophy when they were getting ready to play uh, against an active offense with mobility at the quarterback position, playmakers around the field? What was the thought process in getting ready to play against the Bears' offense? So we went into the game uh, going in there playing man-to-man because Trubinsky can scramble. So, like, when they're playing man-to-man, then y'all hit us. We went cover zero, and y'all hit us with that screen. Our linebacker missed the running back, Cohen, and he ran for, like, 80 yards for a touchdown. So he got us out of man. Then we started going zone, and they started picking apart our zone. So even though it was a close game, the coaching was just great. We're in the red zone, two-yard line. We decided to go cover three, and they ran the perfect route, Indy 7, which is, like, the beater for cover three in the red zone. But um, just playing him – and uh, just playing against the Bears last year, our coach was like, you know, they had some good players for the calls that we had, and, you know, that was a tough loss. 
Well, just in terms of, of the schedule, you plan on being in Chicago pretty much most of the offseason for, for the OTAs, uh, the mini camps, and obviously you're a Wiley vet, but to really just getting acclimated with, with your two new teammates and schematically what the Bears are doing. What's, what's your schedule and how, how you know, really how uh, much will you be participating in the offseason approach? Well, I'm actually flying to Chicago tomorrow to look at a couple of houses. So starting tomorrow, I'll look at a couple of houses, and I'll move in at the beginning of April. But um, other than that, the cities I do play in, I like to get involved. I like to do a lot of charity work. Um, I like to be at every workout, every OTA. All that matters when you're trying to build something special. And um, I feel like if, if you aren't there, you're letting your peers down and you're letting yourself down. So I'm definitely guys going to be there every day. I'll be that guy that gets there early. All that good stuff. I mean, I enjoy doing it. I enjoy playing football. It's just, uh, you know, part of my life. It's a beautiful new facility, and you have great fan support here in Chicago, Buster. Best of luck to you, to all of your, you and all of your teammates, and welcome to Chicago. I appreciate that, brother. Thanks for having me on today. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for joining us. Jim yeah. Millenar will be right back after this commercial. And, Jim, dig into the owners' meetings a little bit because I do have a couple questions for you and just some of the stuff I've been, ta- been reading about. So we'll get to that right after the break. The 2019 Miller Lite Chicago Bears Draft Party will be held on Saturday, April 27th at Soldier Field from noon to 6 p.m. The event will feature on-field activities, locker room tours, player autographs, and, of course, live draft coverage and analysis from Bears football experts. Get your tickets today at chicagobears.com slash draft party. That's going to be a good time. Interesting this year with the draft, Jim, because I know you have to cover the entirety of the league. When you're basically a Bears fan and you're dedicated to following everything Bears when you don't have the initial picks, it kind of takes a different tempo to it because it's hard to predict and for us outsiders to try to predict things that are going to happen three rounds into it, it's a little difficult. And, um, you know, I I, I guess it's got to be time-consuming for you in preparation for the draft. Well, it is. You're you're trying to anticipate. I've always been a big – I do think the draft is is need-based. You know, just when – you look at free agency, teams are already right now signing players, and now you go into the draft say, hey, where are we weak? Where we need holes or holes that need to be filled? And really the, the draft is a big part that can supplement that. I'm not saying that you know, you're know you not going to take the best player. If, if surely uh, the player is there, you're going to take him, i.e. the Green Bay Packers. Here Aaron Rodgers falls to 24, and they just say, hey, his value is too good on the board. Let's just take Aaron Rodgers. We feel he's the best player, and, and they take him. So things like that do happen but with where the bears are selecting you know at their first pick is until the third round and then subsequent rounds later yeah they may target a certain guy move up and get the guy that they want but you know i always go down to this every team has the 30 visits right they can visit with 30 guys so you're going to bring in most likely players you think you're going to have a shot at players that maybe you'll take a, a chance on that maybe blow your socks off but you're going to have so you know if the, if the draft is seven rounds you got basically four guys, four to five guys that you're targeting in every round. So how do you get up, you know, say two guys are gone, how do you move up, move back to really get the guy that you've targeted? And I'm sure Ryan Pace and, and the whole staff there of the Chicago Bears, that's what they're going to do. That's what they're going to hone in. And let's face it, last year they, they nailed it in terms of their draft. And I would say the year before when everybody was crying and screaming about them trading up one spot for Mitchell Trubisky, that's going to turn out to be a great pick. Yes, we'll see 
where it goes for Mitchell Trubisky. But remember all the, the screaming and hollering and what the Bears uh, gave up? And then lo and behold, Ryan Pace was able to recoup a, a fourth-round draft pick. So you just see GMs today, they're not more ag- aggressive. I think they're more selectively targeted uh, to, to where they draft to complement their football team and in the areas of impact of, of where a team can grow at crucial positions. 312-644-6767 is the phone number if you want to jump on with myself and Jim Miller. Jim, so can you set the scene a little bit from the Arizona owners' meetings? Because it seems like the more I read about them, it seems like the new debate this year is the replay language. And it last year or the last few years, it was the catch-no-catch and the other debatable issues. What is? Can you fill us in a little bit about the scene at the owners' meetings? Yes. First, first, uh, first off, it's the hundredth year anniversary, right? Centennial of, of NFL football. They had a big party last night. They'll have a big party tonight with the media, with all the owners, the coaches. They'll be out there, kind of rubbing elbows. And I think it is a big deal. And I do think, and Tom, I'm sure we'll get into it as we roll along. It's only fitting that Bears Packers really line up Week One. You know, this yep. is the most storied rivalry in the NFL. It's only fitting that they should kick off uh, the NFL season. But in terms of the rules and the proposals. You know, historically, the competition committee has always kind of, you know, tapped the, the their foot on the on the on the on the brake a little bit. You know, they they are concerned about the game. Is it changing too much? Is it changing too quickly? And a lot of these repo- uh, proposals that are out there, some have even been called gimmicky. When you look at Denver's proposal uh, for their version of the onside kick, which would allow an offense to to convert a fourth and fifteen if they want to come back in a game, I'll get to that in a moment. Concerning your question, concerning replay, great question to ask because I just had on Stephen Jones, who's on the competition committee, and he, I think is very hesitant. He said that he'll have an open mind and he'll listen to all the proposals because they're fluid. Just because they're written in black and white and what we're presented, there's a lot of uh, talking and negotiating that's going on in that room or questions that are brought up by a coach or, or GM or even an NFL owner that talks about the quote-unquote unintended consequences. And I do think this, historically, when things come down like this, because here you've got Sean Payton, who's been very vocal. He's also on the competition committee. And certainly everybody feels bad for the Saints. Everybody feels bad for football because you just want to get the call right. You want the the play to be right and for a team not to get quote-unquote, you know, cost a a bowl due to a bad call or a non-call. What I've seen in the past, Tom, is historically plays like that don't happen enough for the NFL to feel like they need to step in and make a change, meaning that plays like that are happen so minimally when you go back and you look at a whole year's worth of tapes, a whole year's worth of games, and you say, well, we're complaining about one call. You know, that's kind of what it comes down to, and I think how they look at it, the you know, the the, the adverse reaction is Sean Payton. Well, we've got all this technology. We've got all this new opportunities to, to get the game right and get the call right. But ultimately, you know, if anything happens at all, Washington Redskins, to me, have put together the best proposal. And I'll read uh, their proposal by the Washington Redskins. They believe that a coach should be able to challenge that type of call, even if a flag is not thrown on a play. But they, they believe that a coach... If the official comes over to the coach on the sideline, he better cite the jersey number of the player and he better cite the infraction specifically to the official in order for the NFL to look at it. Again, it would be a challenge call by the official. The NFL's competition committee didn't propose anything like this. It doesn't even address 
what happened in the Saints-Rams game. But the Washington Redskins proposal does. But ideally, and like, or I should say ironically, what I just said, NFL owners are hesitant to do so, so I don't think it'll pass, Tom. So I don't think anything will be done on instant replay. And these these meetings, are they time-consuming for the owners, or is it social as much as professional? Um, yeah, I think it is social, but there is a lot of work being done. You know, a lot of, uh, you know, say the interviews I did today for SiriusXM NFL Radio, Doug Marone was supposed to join us like an hour into the show. He didn't come out for two hours later. So that means they were in a room hammering out disagreements on whatever proposal that they were, you know, disagreeing on or arguing about or trying to hammer out in order to approve it. And then the GM, the coach, uh, all the coaches, the um, the owners get together. Hey, this is how, you know, we believe in this. We should all, we should vote yes on this. And they state the reasons why. And those votes will come down tomorrow. But, yeah, it, it is part of a social gathering. But, you know, if everybody thinks that work isn't getting done here, it, it happens at the crack of dawn, and it really continues all the way through the night. Right. You know, these owners, that outs, with their other business concerns outside the NFL, when you look at all the officials that are at the meetings, it kind of empties the facilities of all the high-ranking officials before the actual season and the meetings get underway. It just seems like, you know, there's so much business that takes place, but when you start reading about the issues they're talking about, they're they're small in terms of topics, and if that if some of these replay issues happened in a half sold out stadium between two losing teams, or it happens under the biggest magnifying glass of of the NFL, you know those issues kind of create yeah. lives of their own. Yeah, well, it does. Like you said, well, think about that that rule by Denver. You know, their rule is to implement what is essentially a fourth and fifteen. Say a team is behind. They drive down offensively. They score a touchdown. They're still down by a touchdown. They want the ability to have, you know, have an opportunity to score again, i.e. because of the new kickoff rule has created an issue. There's a new rule, say the kickoff rule that was tabled and then implemented for one year, which was 2018. Now that new kickoff rule has been implemented from here on out. It's official now. That's a new rule. But what is the, the unintended consequences of the new kickoff rule? Yes, it's helped health and safety. But what is hurt? What does it hurt? It's hurt the onside kick. There's no uh, there's no overloads. The percentage of onside kicks recovered uh, in 2019 or 2018 just plummeted. I mean, it was down less than eight percent that teams recovered an onside kick. So John Elway and the Denver Broncos propose, hey, we want an ability after we score to have an opportunity to get back in a game. Thus, they propose this new proposal this year to go forward on fourth and fifteen. The initial report was the ball was going to start at the 35. Not true. Uh, Stephen Jones, who joined us on Moving the Chains, said, hey, more like it's going to start at the 25. So if you get 15 yards, now that's going to take you upwards to the 40-yard line. Now that's a legitimate you know, two-minute drive if you get the first down on a fourth and 15. But again, what are the unintended consequences of that? You know, All it takes is one defensive holding by a defensive back that we know has increased in the NFL and all of a sudden you got a first uh, you know a first and 15 and they didn't even run a play and essentially they would get a first down so again you got to be concerned of the unintended consequences it sounds cliche but it can go in numerous directions where these rules could fail already like i said the new kickoff rule 
That has affected the onside kick, which historically has been a big play in terms of getting yourself back into a game in NFL history. And under those circumstances, they definitely would be play-specific, trying to get that individual coverage on a long pass just to invite the opportunity for that pass interference. It'd be interesting to see how it worked things out. But for me, I love the anticipation of the onside kick. I don't know. Sometimes it's the most exciting play at the conclusion of the game. And sometimes teams start out with it or even they bring it out at halftime in some big games it'll be interesting to see what happens down the road more i want to talk about after we come back from the bay come back from the break getting ready for the first team meeting a lot different jim last year than it is this year we'll get to that topic right after this The Chicago Bears Network presents Inside the Bears, brought to you by Verizon. Double-A, Anthony Adams and Lauren Screeden cover the world of Bears football on and off the field every Sunday night at 10.35 p.m. on Fox 32 Chicago or watch anytime at chicagobears.com or on the Bears' official app. Man, I saw a presentation on the app of that trip, and I saw Double-A, Anthony Adams, head fake Jeff Joniak off his feet (laughs) so badly a couple times that I was thinking, Jeff, Watch the midsection, and you're not going to get head fake by double A with the little shoulder and head bob. Well, you know what? We have a guest on the line with us, and I'm really excited to talk to Chase because Chase Daniel, obviously our guest, Chicago Bear quarterback. And Chase, you're getting ready to go on a USO tour, and we are joined by Jim Miller also, Chase. And when I was a little kid, and I used to watch the commercials of the NFL, and I used to watch the salutes of the USO shows that Bob Hope used to run, and they had the starlets, and they had the pro athletes, and they were at all these sites entertaining the troops. It was something as a little kid that aspired to be a professional athlete. You said, wow, that would be cool if I ever had the opportunity to go out there and give the troops the respect they deserve and go to some of these foreign territories. And how did, how did you get involved in a chase and welcome? Thank you for coming on with us. Yeah. Thanks for having me guys. Really appreciate it. I hadn't talked to you guys in a while, so it's good to be back, uh, back in your graces, but no, we're, uh, we're excited about it. You know, I got, I got invited to go this year and, uh, you know, I'm one of five guys or four guys, I believe going and, and uh, like like you, even when I was growing up, I saw um, you know commercials of the USO and the NFL, NFL and just their longstanding relationship. <clears throat> and I've always been interested in going, uh, just because I, I'm, I'm a huge military guy. My dad was in the Navy, and uh, same with my grandpa. And, and so for for me to be able to get a chance to be able to go over there and and try to get some smiles on those troops' faces and and bring a little bit of of home, you know, football to them is, is something that I'm really excited about. And I, and I actually take pretty seriously. So, um, yeah, we're going over there April 1st and, and we come back the 7th. So it's a quick trip in South Korea and, and we're excited about going. Well, Chase, uh, Jim Miller here. Yeah. Hey man, I, all I can tell you is this. My sister was a lifer in the air force. And you mentioned your father being involved. This is, I mean, it'll blow your mind. I had the opportunity to go over to Baghdad in, in Iraq and just to see the young men and women, and how they work and how they serve this country. It's something that was life-altering for me and blew my mind. It never, it makes you so proud. You just, I can't even tell you until you experience it uh, first for, for yourself. But when, when you go over there and you, and you go out to these bases and you, and you visit the, uh, the troops, and, and they're, you'll find out that, I mean, they love football. I mean, and very rarely do they get the, the opportunity to, to sit down and watch their games and enjoy the game. You know, they've got their radios going and all that, but I mean, this is a huge football fan base 
that you're about to, to go uh, into there in Seoul, Korea. Yeah, and, and listen, we're, we're super excited about it. I know some of the guys that are going, obviously, Cam Jordan is, is one of the guys, Miles Jack and Steven Goskowski. Um, so, listen, we're, we're bringing everything football that we got over there and uh, a lot of Bears gear. I've, I've heard there's uh, in the South Korean bases, there's actually a lot of Bears fans. So, um, hopefully bring some some good spirited and, and uh, conversations and fun over there. But we're just we're so excited. Um, it's just they're so they're so selfless and the sacrifices that they make. I mean, you know, listen, I don't forget it, but it's but it's easy to forget sometimes that they're over there risking their lives every single day just to protect our freedoms here in the United States of America. And, and that to me is is uh, the most sacrificial thing you could do. You know, Chase, looking at your itinerary, you have on-base lodging, you have canine unit tours, you tank unit tours, jet tours, aviation simulators, all the things that you kind of look at from the outside in that you're going to get a firsthand experience. I did notice, though, three of the mornings you got breakfast on your own and Steven Guskowski's going to be there. Hey, you know, maybe you could afford a little bit of courtesy breakfast for him and you know, you're a negotiator. Eddie Jackson did it with Ha Ha Clinton Dix. What about yourself? Hey, you know, uh, you never know what can happen over there. You know, we might be rooming together. We might be next door. We might become best friends. You never know. So uh, that's that's definitely up in the air. No questions about it. Well, I, I got to know this if you're going to represent. I I did a, a tour with uh, Coach Mike Smith, yeah, former head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. We were down at Fort Benning. And nobody knew this because they made us do the zip line where you got to go up however high the uh, the tower was. Who knew that Mike Smith was scared of heights? All right, he gets vertigo, okay? <laughs> so you got to represent in all these activities. So if you're scared of dogs, I don't care. You're doing the canine unit. You're doing everything over there, Chase. you got to represent. I know. So I'm actually buddies, pretty good buddies with Mark Ingram, and, and everyone remembers the uh, the viral video on social media last year when they went over to Italy and Germany of him getting – Literally spun around and tackled by it by the canine unit. So I might skip out on that one. <laughs> However, I'm sure there will be other challenges and uh, experiences that I can do. But that looks pretty gnarly. It, so <laughs> S- South Korea. Do you know anything about the conditions, about the temperatures of the facilities in the area you're going to be in? Um, did they have you prepared for that? So yeah, I mean, actually, they've they've done a really good job, um, the USO and the NFL, just really getting us um, prepared. And and I've already started packing. It's it's gonna be you know a little bit warmer than normal time of year. It's gonna be like or like light sixties uh, in the afternoon, and uh, you know really low in the forties probably. So a twenty degree spread, not bad. So most likely we'll be wearing pants and, and uh, all Bears gear, Bears hats. Maybe I'll bring a, a Bears hoodie to give away or, or whatnot. So, yeah, we're, we're, um, we're really excited. Obviously, um, I've actually watched um, a bunch of documentaries on um, South Korea and actually North Korea and just the tensions there, obviously, that exists. We all know what happens there. But um, the DMZ, the Demilitarized Zone, is something that a lot of documentaries, the Nat Geo has a great one, out on it but i've actually watched a lot of those and and we actually get to go to to the dmz zone uh which is which is pretty spectacular i think so i'm looking forward to that as well chase you gotta you gotta pack all bears clothes and you gotta come home with nothing i mean this is a trip that you have to go out there and as soon as you walk away from an event that shirt that sweatshirt that hoodie those shoes they got they got to stay behind 
There's no question. I've already talked to Team Ed, and he's already sending over a bunch of uh, Bears gear over there. So we will be fully represented over there, no questions about it. Well, are you doing anything to to video record? You know, because, like you said, just something to experience that not a lot of people would get to experience, like you said, to to see a different culture. And I don't know, it sounds like even the weather, that's nothing, man. That's like a Thursday night Bears football game against the Rams. (laughs) I mean, that's nothing when it's all said and done. that, that's great weather, actually. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, you know, it's it's uh, it's an experience to say the least. And so definitely, I, you know, I've been talking to the social media people over at the Bears and between my Instagram and, and the Bears Instagram, you guys might want to watch out for maybe some live videos or maybe some Instagram stories or some Instagram posts because I think we're going to work together and try to give, you know, fans that can't make it uh, over there, obviously, which is everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, a behind-the-scenes look and, and tour of everything that we can show on video. You know, when you come back into town, you're going to be right back in the mix of things. Last year, for that first team meeting, we as Bears fans, Bears supporters, we didn't know anything about Matt Nagy. We didn't know anything about the team. Do you think when you go into that second team meeting this year, it's going to be drastically different? Or is it going to be similar to last year, but now the players that have been in that room before know what to expect? I think it'll be different and, and a good different. And that's what you want. You know, there's stages to new, to new coaches and new takeovers of teams. And, and this is our second year, right? So first year, 12 and four, uh, did some amazing things, but in the end, we really didn't do anything. We lost the first round playoff game. Uh, and obviously our ultimate goal is to win, win the championship, to win the ring, uh, the Lombardi trophy and, and something that we are excited about doing and, and understand that it starts now. And, and I just think there's a level of expectation around the bears on offense, on defense, special teams, everyone in the building, the GM, uh, down to the janit- janitor staff. Um, it, it's just something that we, we expect to win, and we obviously know what it takes to get there, but obviously what else it takes to get to that ultimate goal. Well, last one for me, Chase, for, for that drive that you're talking about there, that you know everybody to hold each other accountable and, and more is expected, certainly because everybody wants to uh, accomplish more. I, just from your perspective, you've been on a lot of teams. I, I personally, as an outsider looking at the, the Bears locker room, coaches, everybody, I, I just get a, a sense that, and I've said this and Tom and I have discussed it, the maturity of this team is different than others I've witnessed or that I've been upon. You know, good teams that I've been on have been a mature team, and it's reflected it in terms of the wins and losses on the field. I'd like to get your perception and what you've seen being a part of the Chicago Mm -hmm. Bears and in that locker room. Yeah, there's no question. Uh, It's something that people are excited. People want to come to Chicago to play. Um, And and it starts with, uh, you know, I go back to Matt Nagy and everything he's done and the culture he's set and the the man he is. And and obviously Ryan Pace and our ownership up to the McCaskies, Mr. Phillips, everyone involved um, has made this an organization that people want to be at. And once people are there, even though we are a very young locker room, Right, our core nucleus is very young. The leadership there is 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 unreal. It's it's one of the better teams I've ever been a part of. Um, obviously, you know me being the oldest guy on the team uh, gains a little perspective to see these young twenty five, twenty six year old um, guys going into a leadership um, perspective and point of view. And it's just it's fun to watch, man. It's fun to be a part of. Uh, it sort of rejuvenated me. Um, and, and listen, I'm 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 more excited than ever for this upcoming season. Chase, last question for us. Last week I was up to look at your new facility. 
It is incredible. It is insane. But there's got to be a message that goes along with that, but it's got to come from experienced guys like yourself. It can't be yeah. the 22, 23-year-olds. It's about how do you accept a new facility? Don't don't be late because of space. All those other things that have to be said. It's impressive, but it also is going to take a little bit of growing into a facility that large, beautiful, and spread out. Yeah, no question. Listen, a lot of guys haven't really seen it, so we'll be seeing it the first time when we start on April 15th for the first time, um, really since it's been done. I know it's supposed to um, finish here pretty soon, and, and we're excited about it. Listen, we, we understand that there's a lot of work that went into it that – uh, you know, it wasn't only the success on the football field that led to this, but um, the ownership that, that said, hey, we want to have the best facilities in all the National Football League, and I truly believe that's what we're getting. And I understand that that guys may be coming in that are rookies or second-year guys. This is not the norm, right? This is the bar standard. It, it, nothing's ever given to you. You have to work for it. And, and we understand that that's part of the next progression of this team. And so we're, we're looking forward to it. Well, Chase, from all the Chicago Bears fans and supporter, thank you for supporting the USF, the USO and the NFL. And have a great time and tell those guys that they have a lot of support from the Chicago Bears and the Chicago Bears audience. I will. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Chase. Have a great trip. All right. We'll be right back for our last segment. And, uh, Jim and I will talk a little bit more about the beginning of the Chicago Bears season, and we can't forget about Green Bay, Chicago, Thursday night. Win tickets to every 2019 Chicago Bears home and away game with the Schedule Prediction Challenge, brought to you by United Airlines. Enter at chicagobears.com. That'd be a heck of a thing to get right, as hard as the NCAA bracket. I hear Jim Miller, Tom Thayer, along Chicago Bears All Access. So, Jim, I got a question that can probably take you the final of the show to answer it. So we talked about Chase, and I was interested in his answer, what's going to be different than last year, and he says there's going to be a lot of things different. So last year going into it, we didn't know a lot about Coach Nagy, his game-thinking process, his use of personnel, the multiple levels to this offense, Mitch's continual improvement throughout the season, week in and week out. So... I'm asking you, from from what you've experienced with the Bears, do they have a number one influence on this offense? You know what I'm saying? Do I think, you know, just the impactful players. You know, Mitch is going to take another step forward. He's going to take controls or take the reins of the offense. He's going to feel much more comfortable. I think he'll take the much more initiative to be more assertive. I think a lot of players on offense even felt that way last year towards the end of the end of the year and again I go back to when the head coach challenged him I think about that jet scheme the second half Matt Nagy walking down to that end zone saying hey we we need you it's time for you to step up right now young man and you gotta you know we need you right now and I think that happened numerous times and really to me a huge growth point for him you could see it was at the end of the season week 16 or the final week week 17 I should say against the Minnesota Vikings that's a big game on the road that really had a huge impact uh, the following week, or for the Bears to make the playoffs and, and seal the deal. So I thought Mitch st- stepped up huge. So I, I think he is going to have a huge opportunity 
to insert, assert himself even more and have more confidence doing it, Tom. I really believe that. Okay, so, you know, back in our days, we watched Randy Moss, what an influence he was with Minnesota, or Adrian Peterson, his prime, Barry Sanders, all these guys. So has NFL changed where it's not about the number one receiver, the number one running back, it's about a number one offensive player in, in today's evolution of the game? It could be Mitchell Trubisky? Well, I think he's got to be the leader. He's got to be the one running the show because he just he touches the ball so much, and his decision making could really, in, in, you know, affect the outcome of a game so quickly. You know, there's a reason why Blake Bortles is, is out of Jacksonville. You know, there's there's a reason for that. Okay, and they need a, a certain level of play, and every team that's going to go postseason time to make a run at a Super Bowl, you need a certain level of play out of the quarterback position. I think Mitch is is capable of doing that. I still think you need your stars to be stars. You know, whether it's an Allen Robinson, I think for, for Trey Burton to have his impact, for Tariq Cohen to, to make the, the, the plays that he makes. Your star players need to be, be stars, both on offense and defense. And the other guys need to obviously supplement that with their level of play and their dedication and, and how they supplement, you know, the big play impact ability of certain guys on your team. It's definitely a total team effort, but I definitely think certain guys definitely need to raise their level of play, and normally that's your special players on your team. All right, going back again a, a year before all this got underway. You know, looking at the division a year ago, it was probably Minnesota 1, Green Bay 2, Detroit and the Bears somewhere tied up there. Going into this year, the perception is probably the Bears number 1. Who's number 2 in the division? Uh, I think, well, Green Bay, you're going to say the quarterback. They feel that they've made, you know, dived into free agency why can't they have a turnaround much like the bears did a season ago i think minnesota keeping that team intact you know that i think that is a huge ability for them detroit i think still has a level of growth period you know here you have matt Nagy, and and everybody has bought into uh to his culture so to speak the changing of a culture that is yet to happen up there in detroit i mean shoot there were articles and i live in motown there were articles, you know, three quarters of the way through the season of players bitching that they had to p- practice outside. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I yeah. mean, I mean, so they go out and they sign a whole bunch of ex-New England Patriots players that don't have a problem doing that. Guys that are more tough-minded, pack a lunch, bring a flashlight type of, of, of players that I think there's more work to do for the Detroit Lions. But Minnesota remains intact. Now their quarterback, this is a big year for him. He signs a three-year deal a year ago, guaranteed. Heck, he could be renegotiating his contract, how well Minnesota does at the end of this year. And Green Bay always feels like they have a shot with Rodgers, and they feel they've done enough in free agency. But I agree with you. The best-built roster, I think, would be Chicago, Minnesota, then Green Bay, then Detroit. There you have it. We'll see how it all unfolds. The producers tonight, Mike Chen, Jack Jack Savio, and Herb Lawrence. Thank you, for guys, for setting all of this up for me. Thanks for Jim Miller. Thanks, Chase Daniel. Thank Buster Screen, uh, everybody here, and we'll see you next week on Chicago Bears All Access with Jeff Joniak.